What is up? It's your girl Ortizis, and you are now locked in to the Intersection Podcast. Oh, okay. Okay. What's up, y'all? What it, what it is? We are at the intersection with who we here with? DJ Gemini Gilly. No, that's right. You better get into it. Um. So first, we're gonna gonna take it slow. Gonna start off with baby steps. <laughs> who are you, and what do you do? What's up, everybody? My name is DJ Gemini Gilly. I am a DJ and as of recently, a cultural curator, um, born and raised in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Yeah, that's me. That's you. That's me. And the creative of Gems Only. I knew she was going to forget that one, so I wrote it down. <laughs> so it's out there. Yes, this, this is the mastermind behind the greatest parties that are going to be in Milwaukee. <laughs> so be prepared. She done had two now. If you done missed them, you're going you to have to wait, but we're going we to get y'all there. So we're gonna start off again, very easy. How's life? I'm doing great. Um, <laughs> I am literally on cloud nine. Yesterday was the second gyms only party. So it was, it, it was a great time. <laughs> um, it was cracking. Yesterday was the second gyms only party and we had a great turnout. A lot of people came. We sold out of tickets. Um, I feel like everybody just had a good time, mm -hmm. a great time. I got a lot of feedback from people. so. I'm actually doing really well today. I'm a little Good. tired from <laughs> just having to like plan everything and like be the point person for everybody. I'm not mm -hmm. really used to that as yeah. a DJ. Yeah. Like, as a DJ, I'm just like, all right, like what y'all need me to do? Yeah. Like, I'm going to do what I do up here right. and everything else is going to happen around me. But being like the point person for people, I have to really like run around mm -hmm. like the whole time. So yeah. a little tired from that, but it's, it's a good tire. I'm glad to be able to do that. So, so quick little story time here. <laughs> so I was one of the vendors at the party yesterday <laughs> for Wax, right? I locked my keys, my phone, and my wallet <laughs> in my car right before the party started. Which means there were people <laughs> walking in to look at all of these beautiful things that we have to offer. And I was freaking out because I didn't have my phone, which is my POS system. I didn't have my wallet to pay for anything. And I didn't have my keys. So uh, I'm gonna get home for one. It, the party ended at one. Ain't nobody gonna come out here and help me at one o'clock in the morning. So anyways, when she's talking about putting out fires, I have to use her phone to call my dad, who who was in Chicago, who who has this y'all. It was a lot. <laughs> it was, it was real too a lot. much. Like it was your crazy. dad was texting me like, "Hey, is she good?" I was like, "She good? I think <laughs> like I think she got back in." We, we was really trying to like make it happen. Yeah. So I got I'm, a, I'm that glad. was a village. <laughs> like everybody really did try to swarm in and help me. Like I was freaking out. Like people was coming up to me and saying hi, and I literally I apologize if you came up to me during that time because I was probably very short. I was literally like. I literally, everybody was like, oh, hey, my name is My keys are locked in my car. I'm sorry. Like, I had to cut everybody, like, thoughts off. Revisit me later. I got the energy later. And then we had <laughs> I was going around, like, just asking different people, like, hey, are you good? Everything okay? Like, she had already told me that she had locked everything in the car. But I'm just, like, on autopilot, like, hey, are you good? Is everything good? She was like, um, no, I'm just still waiting on, like, somebody to come and get my stuff out of the car. And I was like, oh, snap. Like, why would I even ask her if she's okay? Knowing that she's not okay. Dude, no, while Alice asked me, she was like, if you need anything, just call me. <laughs> <laughs> I said, so how am I going to do that, Alice? She was I'm like, um, oh, what am I going to do? So I was like, oh, 
so sorry. <laughs> I was really on autopilot mode because I was really just. But you have to be. In I, those yeah, situations. I did. I was like, yeah, I'm. I'm like checking on everybody, like bartenders, like people who had came mm -hmm. super early. Um, I go a lot. People really came at nine. I've never seen nine. that happen yeah. before. Ever. People came at nine. I for sure thought like I was gonna have like like an hour time to like just set up and get yourself together. But then I like. <laughs> Totally in the, unintentional. I, I knew it was. And, but the thing was, okay, so this is the last thing I'm going to say about it. I parked on the slant. So when I left my door open, I didn't expect it to close because I was in the trunk. Oh. And so if I knew it would have closed, I would have never closed my trunk because I can crawl through my trunk to get in my car. Oh. So the door was open when the trunk was up. So I'm digging in the trunk and I close the trunk and see that the door is locked. It closed. I said, huh? <laughs> 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 and then it's like, oh, I gotta call somebody to help. And I'm like, mm. <laughs> the phone is in the front seat. <laughs> like, I, I can just imagine you like, damn, you know what? I'm gonna call somebody to get to take care of. Then you look at the Dude, front seat like, my phone is in I, the front. <laughs> oh my God. And then it's even worse because I didn't remember anybody's numbers. I only have three people's you numbers did not. <laughs> memorized. My dad's, which I messed up the first time. I don't know how that even happened. My cousin and my auntie. My auntie phone was like not ringing at all. <laughs> my dad phone didn't ring at all the first time, and I started freaking out. And then found, I finally got a hold of him in Chicago at the fight. And then I called my cousin. I, had to, I called my cousin to make her call her her sister <laughs> to put her boyfriend on three way. So we on like a six way <laughs> to get somebody to come get me out the car. But that's it was a great time. I'm not gonna lie, teamwork make the dream work absolutely. though. Like you you was on a six way call and you got your car. Shout you got to, everything. Absolutely. Shout out to Ken at North Avenue Market. He was out there with a wire hanger trying to get it <laughs> for me. He was really trying and I just wanted to shout him out because he was really out there. But then the mechanic came and he like, you know, did the little blow up the door yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But he was out there with that wire hanger at it for like a good 30 minutes. He was like, if I need to go home and get my kid, I got you. I'm like, and that's why it's with you. Teamwork make the dream Man, work. That's what happens when it's a black space like that for it real. was like a lot of love in the in the, in for the room real. for sure for real so well that brings us to our next question <laughs> what inspired you to become a cultural curator Ugh. um <laughs> being in some uncultural spaces mm. um i so for background i taught myself how to dj while i was in grad school at uw madison okay at a very big grad, big grad. <laughs> she got her man <laughs> <laughs> very traumatic experience there mm. like i went through so much racism there oh, um sorry. yeah it it sucked but the silver lining in it is and i'm trying to find a silver lining in things mm -hmm. rather than like just look at it as like oh like it's a negative yeah thing. like it's a negative mm -hmm. thing the silver lining i taught myself how to dj while i was up there yeah um while i was going through that tough time and what i noticed up there is they don't play any hip-hop like you get one probably one event per month or like every other month. They don't play hip hop. A lot of the spots up there kind of like shy away from doing that. They'll blame it on the res the surrounding residents or whatever. But really they just don't want they don't want us they don't want people that look like us there. That's really what it is. Yeah. And it sucks. Um I wasn't able to really go to any places that play hip hop at all. Wow. So I was like, okay, like I know that I like to listen to a wide range of music, but hip hop is like 
word the main, yeah, the, like, like focal point. That's really what I like to listen to for real. Mm -hmm. And like, it don't necessarily have to be like anything like super hardcore or anything. But they weren't playing like any hip hop up there for real. They just put your hand. Yeah, <laughs> it was definitely party in the USA in <laughs> Madison, Wisconsin. <laughs> um, but going from that and moving back here and seeing people like put you know different things together, I was still feeling like something was missing. Like it was still not giving what I what I felt like it should really get for real. Not saying that the events weren't weren't good or weren't even great, but it just wasn't what I felt like the my vision would be. Yeah. And I was like, you know what, like I need to do something about it. Um my first time going to DJ in New York was last July. Mm -hmm. And what I noticed from like studying New York's culture is a lot of the DJs out there, they had their own events. Like they're throwing stuff that is their vision and what they think that like events should look yeah. like. While also like partnering with other DJs to be on their events. Yeah. But what's really popular out there is holding your own events, getting people to a space, and curating your own vibe. And I love Milwaukee so much. Like it, I don't want to leave. Like yeah. I don't want it to be a thing where it's like, man, Milwaukee's not giving me what I need or what I want. I'm gonna go to Chicago or yeah. I'm gonna go to New York or yeah. LA or whatever. I want to be able to bring what. But don't go to LA. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about that in the last five. Don't go to LA, girl. They be texting I won't be going there today. <laughs> <laughs> but I wanted to bring my own vibe, like, to the city. And I was like, man, how can I do this? Uh, 2020, I moved back to Milwaukee, uh, September of 2020. And I started just, like, I felt a burst of inspiration just being able to be back in the city. Yeah. Um, and I was writing down a whole bunch of different, like, party ideas. Like, oh, I want to do this. I want to do this. I want to do that. And Gems Only was actually one of the names that mm -hmm. I had down because my name is DJ Gemini Gilly. Yeah, <laughs> but, not the little one. <laughs> not the little one, Big Gilly. <laughs> uh, but I had a, a whole, like, I had a whole list of names that I wanted for stuff. But something that I always, like, take a lot of pride in as a DJ is that I feel like I play a lot of things that people aren't used to hearing while they're out. So, no, like, seriously. <laughs> I, I'm a witness to it because when we was, I was listening to the music yesterday and a lot of the time, people were closer to the DJ booth. Yep, so yep, it yep. was like, I had time to groove out by myself. And yep. I'm like, I ain't never heard this <laughs> outside, man. Come on. Yeah, it was great. Like, I notice sometimes, like, when you go to certain places, like, you hear the same stuff. Yep. But I wanted Gems only to be something for me and, like, any guest DJ that I have is, hey, like, I want y'all to play something or play a set that y'all aren't used to playing out, but that y'all want to play out. Mm -hmm. um, so that was really important for me. Um, so I was like, okay, like I was going through my list of stuff that I wanted to do. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to just call it Gems Only. Um, and I didn't know where to start or what to do. Um, but I DJed at 414 Day at the Outsider. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> I asked them after the event, like, hey, like, I want to do something here. I want to curate something here. Something that's been on my heart and on my mind since 2020, since I moved back. Like, yeah. are you guys willing to, you know, let me have this here? And it was like, all right, cool. Like, let's yeah. do it. So I threw the first one at the Outsider. That was in May. Amazing turnout. We had over 500 RSVPs in nine days. It was That's crazy. Crazy. It was crazy. It was. Check that. <laughs> I've been watching a lot of Married to Medicine. Check that, honey. <laughs> it was. It was crazy because I was like, wow. My biggest thing was I didn't want it to flop. Like mm, before I yeah. even put anything out, I was like, okay. I don't want this to flop. I don't want this to be a thing where you know it's a big grand scheme idea in my mind. But once I broadcast it to other people, people are like, oh, yeah, we really not really messing yeah. with that. So that was my biggest thing. Yeah. <laughs> the response 
that I got, I was like, oh my God. Like, like you didn't that's even crazy. Know. Yeah. And then the second one, it was at a new venue, uh, North that shout out to North Avenue Market. They I have to great. shout North Avenue Market out. They held me when I was in a bind, okay? Like 10 days before the second gym's only party, I found out that I couldn't have my event at the outsider and I was heartbroken. But I was like, okay, like I took a day to just boom, get myself together. Uh, Liv was my live painter. Shout out to Liv. Hey. Uh, and Kayla, who is um, over the events at North Avenue Market, they were on it. They yeah. was like, what, what you need? Like, let's, yeah. do a, let's do a meeting. Liv, yeah. literally, I told her the day before, the night before, actually. She was like, hey, let's meet at North Avenue Market tomorrow and, like, let's just, you know, meet up. Yeah. And I was still very heartbroken about, like, having my vision, like, skewed. Like, skewed, yeah. yeah. I was very heartbroken, but I was like, okay, cool, like, let's meet there. I walk in the space and I was like, oh, this is it. Man, this is the one. I'm telling y'all, even if it's one. not a party, just go visit. Like, it's yes. black owned. And the people there, even if they're not black, they are so sweet and nice. So sweet. Like, it is such a beautiful space. Like, I, that was, I've never seen that right there. Yeah. And, I not I mean I used to live on North so okay, yep. I've never even seen that building even being utilized. Mm -hmm. So it's like wow, it's it's really nice in there. It was crazy because it's something that's like hidden in plain sight. Yes. But I also felt like it was a gym. Yeah. And like I walked in and I was like, "Oh wow, like it's a bar, like you got different vendors. It's black on, it's queer on." Like, I was like, okay, like, my vision is, I'm, I'm getting inspired again as soon yeah. as I walked in. Um, and I think being able to represent, like, different types of black people is just so important to me. Absolutely. So being able to meet with the owner, who is a black queer man, um, being able to have different people on board and have different people who are, are attending, who are from different backgrounds of being mm -hmm. black, like, that was just so important to me. Um, a lot of feedback that I heard from the first one was, man, like, we were able to be us, like, yeah. our real authentic self. Yeah. Like, you know, this is something that the city needs. Sometimes we feel like we can't, you know, go to certain places. Yeah. But, you know, you made it feel really welcoming. And that's my ultimate goal as a DJ. I always want to make sure that people are safe. Absolutely. And that the spots that I'm DJing in are, like, safe spaces for them, even if it hasn't been safe in the past. Yeah. Um, just being able to, you know... When I'm there, like, oh, y'all good. Like, don't yeah. worry about nothing. Don't worry about nobody coming up to you and, you know, being discriminatory or yeah. having something slick to say. Like, no, when I'm here, we good because I'm going to make sure that everybody's safe. And I feel like that's my job as not only a DJ, but as a cultural curator. Like, Absolutely. if I'm really doing it for the culture, like, I really got to do it for the culture. You got to do it thorough. Yeah, and I got to mm -hmm. do it the right way. Like, I have to make sure that I'm taking care of everybody who was there and it so. was so many different age groups like it, it was, was people it in was. their 50s and yep. it was people that were fresh 21 like yep. and everybody vibed with everybody it was such mm -hmm. a cool experience to just see like it happening from the background mm -hmm. just like you i not one time during the night did i have a thought that somebody was gonna fight yep. somebody was gonna start shooting yeah so it, 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 it was just a completely different kind of crowd and I think that what you're doing is really important. Thank you. Thank really you. important. Me and my me and my partner always talk about how, like, people people are not gonna fight when they having a good time. Oh no! Like, if you having a good time, you you focus on having a good time. Absolutely. You're not focused on like, oh man, there's somebody over there that I don't like. Like, I yeah. want to go approach them. Yeah. You really focus on having a good time. You like, man, like. I'll leave that alone, like, you know, whatever happened, happened, but it ain't gonna happen here because I'm having a good time. Exactly. So, and I feel like a lot of people have a lot of respect for me and what I'm doing. So, like, they won't even bring, you know, that none of that. That drama. Right. So, 
Not at the front door. Not, not the at the front door. No. <laughs> get on out of here. But yeah, so my next question will be, what has been the most interesting part of trying to integrate the different audiences in one neutral setting? Oh, that is a great question. Um, <laughs> because it's not something that... Let me not say that I haven't been intentional about it because I have. I've always thought about like, okay, like, how do I cater to everybody? Mm -hmm. um, but sometimes I just feel like, like I'm just so inclusive just naturally that it is something that I just be like, oh, like. It just naturally yeah, happens Yeah, like for it you. just naturally happens for me. But I can honestly say like, music brings so many people together. Um, I had two guest DJs. I had a DJ Freakish Nerd. Um, who was also our house photographer for Gems Only. <laughs> he was on double duty yesterday, so shout out to him too. Absolutely. Um, and I had DJ Nick Stokes who went right before me. Um, and then it was myself who DJed as well. I feel like it was just really important to have different types of music and different like pockets of DJs. I would never have three of the same DJ. First of all, I feel like no DJ is the same as another one. Mm -hmm. um, but I would never put three DJs who I feel like all oh, like we all three got the same exact audiences like let's yeah. just cater to them because like now you kind of excluding you know a other, people. other people yeah, yeah. you're you're being you're excluding excluding people and yeah. like that's not something that I want to do yeah so I wanted to make sure I got three like totally different DJs with totally different crowds and although I DJ with DJ Nick Stokes like I also feel like we like together we bring our own crowd like together yeah. but like separately like we bring something different to mm -hmm. the table so I thought that was important. Madi was DJ Freakish Nerd. He also brings his own crowd. Mm -hmm. um, and it was, it was amazing. Like, I, I was very proud of the way this was put together. This is my first time actually having, like, multiple DJs on the same bill as me. It was amazing. Normally, I'm just like, oh, like, I don't want to say I'm a stickler for doing it on my own. But sometimes I just have a vision that's like, I have tunnel vision where it's yeah. just like, this is what I want it to look like. The only person who can get this done is me because yeah. I know what this looks like. But the power of teamwork and just collaboration, it, it, it's, it's really power in that, for real. Especially when y'all got the same end goal. Yes, mm -hmm. absolutely. Like, I feel like everybody was on the same page for what we wanted. Like, we met, <laughs> I was at North Avenue Market a long time, okay? <laughs> I was at North Avenue Market almost every single day, like, leading up to the actual event, mm -hmm. um, curating a drink menu, like, figuring out what was going to be the food situation, trying to get everything set up, trying to get video and footage and content, like, it was a lot. Yeah. But I feel like everybody had a common goal of, like, hey, we want Gems Only to be successful. Mm -hmm. And that's all I can ask for, to be honest. Like, Just you to have a team that's going to root for you. Absolutely, absolutely. So I would say getting everybody in the same room was not hard because there were so many different things that people had to like. There were so many th different things that Gems only had to offer yeah. for other people. So like you got Teeswax who was there. People want Teeswax who was there. Yeah. Um, not the little. <laughs> you had Hustler who was there. Man. Those are like two totally different crowds. Absolutely. But like I definitely wanted everybody to be able to like patronize black businesses. It was a birthday blackout because it was like my birthday party. But the blackout part was for Juneteenth. I wanted yeah. people to be able to like experience like being black at like its peak moment. Yeah. So we were at a black owned venue. We had all black DJs. Our artist was black. Our vendors were black. And it was, our photographer was black. Like there was no, there was no half stepping for it. I was like, oh, I can't like, like skimp on us, for yeah. us. Like this is for the culture for real. If it's gonna be for the culture, I'm gonna put in extra work to and be for the culture. you gotta stand on them boundaries. That's what it was, yeah. But everything went so well and I definitely feel like, um, 
the second I feel like both of the gyms only series so far have just been so successful and there have been so many different types of people like messaging me like man we felt so good it was we were great. able to dance we were able to you know see people we hadn't seen in a long time we were yeah. able to mingle with people from different backgrounds than us but like we all had a good time yeah so. That made me. That makes me happy. I'm glad that it makes you happy because yeah. I was. I had a great time. <laughs> that was my first time night bending, so I was oh. actually scared. Like I, I literally was having a conversation with myself. Like, do I do I take that step into night bending? Like, cause I've never, mm -hmm. I've never. Like in my head, I was like, who going who gonna buy candles at nighttime? <laughs> but then the the counter to that was like well just do it and see it's yeah. all an experience mm -hmm. whether you do good or do bad at least you know for next time yep. what you can change or what you need to do better or if you need to promote more mm -hmm. or whatever you need to do you will know it once you mm -hmm. but you got to do it first yeah man let me tell you <laughs> uh, i came with a lot of candles and left with a little bit of candles like i'm talking about a little bit of candles for real <laughs> like i was looking like oh my god like you saw all these candles man <laughs> but it and the thing about it though when you make the point about Hustler mm -hmm. and Wax being two totally different mm -hmm. audiences, one, there are two things that people love. Yeah. Like, everybody loves, I'm, I'm not going to call it loungewear, but like yeah. sweatshirts and like yep. suits like that. That's, that's an easy no-brainer. Like, oh, yep. I'm getting chilly in here. Let me go buy a sweatshirt. Yep. Like, and they're nice. Mm -hmm. And if you, well... If I was on the consumer end of this, mm -hmm. like if I'm in a party getting lit and I see candles, oh, I'm going smell the candles, bro. Like what? Let me smell all the candles. But even when you're drunk, you spend more money, which I seen my boyfriend's bill yesterday. I'm like, so did you buy the whole bar? Like, I, I don't know what he was doing. What are you doing? But it was just, like, you supposed to be here uh, while I'm vending. What's going like, on? Like, I don't, I don't know how he spent that much money, but I'm glad it wasn't my pockets. <laughs> like, I don't know, I was good. But I guess my next question, we're gonna trans transition mm -hmm. into another conversation with DJs. Mr. New York and um, DJ Nick Stokes. Mm -hmm. I, I know you got some news to share about- I do, I do. Another year at Summerfest. <laughs> so can you tell us about that? This is my third year at Summerfest. Yeah. Um, it's crazy because I grew up going to Summerfest, like yeah. going to concerts and stuff. I can remember waiting. I, I think we got to Summerfest at noon and I waited all the way to like 10 p.m. at the Miller High Life stage to go see Lupe Fiasco. Oh like I was 16. I, I can remember literally going to see different people and like waiting to see them. Or I went to Wiz Khalifa in 2010. I know everybody in Milwaukee was at Wiz Khalifa. I was the only okay? person who didn't go because my mama would have beat my ass. <laughs> I asked, but she was like, no. It was hella Wiz patches, okay? It yes. was hella camo shorts. Like, I had a ball. I had a yeah. great time. But I can remember going and seeing different people that I wanted to see. And to see my name, like, up there or see my name, like, on a bill with different people, I'm like, this is really crazy to like, me. Like, it's surreal. Yeah. So I will be uh, one of the opening acts for uh, Mr. New York's stage <clears throat> on July 7th. Um, DJ Nick Stokes is also doing an opening set. There is some singers who are going to be singing. Oh, no, there's other right. DJs that are going to be playing. So it's going to be a good time. And I'm also opening for DJ Shauna on June 22nd. Okay. Yep, yep. So June she said, that's two for you. That's two. Bring it to me. <laughs> and I love Summerfest. Um, I feel like that's another place where I'm able to really, like, kind of get my shit off a little bit and be able to show, like, my wide range. Because, like, the demographic there is a little mixed. 
Um, and I'm able to really just show like, oh, I can go here, I can go here, I can go here. Yeah. Like everybody's gonna feel included. So that is super important to me. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And if you are curious about her previous experience at Summerfest, <gasps> I interviewed with her <laughs> too, so y'all can check out that on uh, she copyrights did. She did. on YouTube. <laughs> so we we got all the archives, you know, honey. We be eyes <laughs> on the street. I'm not gonna lie, like copyright really be on it. Like y'all yes. was really ahead of the curve oh, for sure man. because we see it. Like yeah, we're not. I wouldn't call us cultural curators, but we try our best to make sure that the culture is recognized. I'm not gonna lie, like, that's a part of cultural curation, though. Oh, like, oh, being yeah. able to have, like, those publications who are like, hey, like, we see that y'all doing this, like, what's up? Yeah. Like, that's a part of cultural curation, for sure. Like, cause, like, I can get the word out by myself, like, oh, yeah. I'm doing this, I'm doing that. Yeah. But, like, being able to have, like, a black-owned, like, publication being like, hey, this like, is where it's at. Yeah, like, this yeah. is where it's at. That's, that's a stamp from the culture, Absolutely. like, that, which is a part of cultural curation. So y'all really out here doing it, so. You hear that, Lexi, <laughs> if you're listening? Well, we, we got another, another uh, title for our <laughs> <laughs> So speaking of um, DJs mm -hmm. and your partner, um, how does it feel to have a partner in the same field as you? Okay, so. <laughs> <laughs> It is literally, and I'm laughing because, like, <laughs> like Nick is literally like my best friend. Yeah. But it's crazy because like we're also like in a relationship, so yeah. it's like it's, but we're also business partners. Yeah. So it's like, like we're really like all in the nucleus. <laughs> yeah, for real. Like it. <laughs> it really does feel like that, but it it's really a blessing. Like I've been DJing for almost five years now. To be five years this year, wow. and I don't feel like. I really tapped into like my purpose and what I was really like supposed to do literally until we for real started like dating and being locked in. And it's crazy because I felt like I was on the brink of something, you know, prior to that, but I really wasn't on the brink of shit for real. Like <laughs> I was really just like, oh, I'm doing this, like whatever. Yeah. But now looking at how my career is like just boom, yeah. like it really does take having a very like supportive partner, somebody who's just like, just 100% behind you, whether we in the same field or not. Yeah. Like, it doesn't even matter. Like, he'll be like, man, like, you know, go ahead, like, do you, whatever. It'll be sometimes where, like, we have two different, well, we'll have, like, different gigs on the same day. We're not able to support each other, but we know that we're still being supportive. Yeah. But, like, you know, afterwards, oh, how was your gig? Like, yeah. what happened? Blah, blah, blah. Like, we debrief about stuff, and I think it's cool. And we DJ together. So, like, yeah. it's cool to be able to go get the bags together and be like, oh, like, you know, yeah. shake hands after, like, we really did that. <laughs> <We> did that. <laughs> Hug it out, kiss it out. Like, we right. really, we really did that. Like, it, it feels good. So, I really enjoy, like, having a partner that's in the same field. Like, there's no jealousy. There's no, like, animosity. It's no, like, Oh, like you got that gig? Oh, they was hitting me up about it, like yeah. you know, whatever. It's like slick hating. Yeah, like it's it's nothing like that. Like I I get like absolute like zero hating vibes, and I don't get that either. I want to see him win. He absolutely wants to see me win, and that's always been like we've been friends before anything. Yeah. So like that's really that really has been like the foundation for everything, like our friendship and really wanting to genuinely see each other win. Um, he had people ask all the time, like, <laughs> oh, did you teach her how to DJ or did no. you teach him how to DJ? I guess we get so many questions like that. They not know his dad is. <laughs> like, let's be for real. What's crazy is like he literally we we literally were at two different like places in our life. Like, not even like really talking for real, or not even really like having up, just a friend yeah, from around the way. Just a friend, yeah. Who I went to high school with. Like, he taught himself how to DJ. I taught myself how to DJ. When we started dating, it was just like, 
all like, like you know. Like the Spider-Man is like. <laughs> it really was like, wait a minute. <laughs> but it was crazy because it was like, you know, he had always like wanted to like, you know, had gigs and stuff. Mm -hmm. And one day I was like, I was DJing at Portman. Shout out to Portman. Yeah. That's the home base for me. I, that's the home base for us. Like yeah. I love Portman's. They are just like so supportive. But I had a gig there and I was like, hey, like you want to do like 30 minutes? You want to open up 30 minutes? And I remember he was just like, oh, man, like, no, yeah. I like, no, no, no. <laughs> I can't, I don't want to say pushing him, but I really, I believed like that he really knew what he was doing. Yeah. Like he had the knowledge, he, he had something, I call it DJ brain. He yeah. had it where it was just like, okay, like I know that these two songs go together or I know I have DJ brain where I, if I hear a song, I don't care what song it is. I'm automatically thinking like what song mixes with this. Yeah. And I've been knowing that since I was a kid. Yeah. And there would be times where we'd be listening to music and he would be like, oh man, I would play this with this. And yeah. he would like rap it while the song on. Mm -hmm. I'm like, we'll do it then. <laughs> right. like, what, what, what's the hold up? Yeah. So um, when he did hit 30 minutes, like it went really well. He got really good feedback from people. People were dancing and stuff. And I really felt like that like lit a fire under his ass. It was like, like it was like, really like, oh, this it was what it is. Yeah, like, like him actually going up there and like doing it. He was just like, oh man. After that, he started like really like hitting the ground, running like. Hey, he was I'm everywhere. He was at mangoes for real. He was, he he was at mangoes. Everywhere. He was at Catfish Lounge. Like man. he was everywhere, and I I was so happy. Yeah. Because like you know, although I said like, hey, you want to do 30 minutes? Like, like he really did that. Like, yeah. he really. It wasn't just 30 yeah. minutes. It was like, oh, it's over? Yeah. Like, and, <laughs> and that was exactly why I said, hey, you want to do 30? Because I feel like he got that taste of like, oh, like, you know. Yeah, this putting is your, what toe, your toe in the water. Yeah, that's exactly what it felt like. Like, once he got that, he was like, all right, like, I'm ready to do this. And he hit the ground literally running after that. He was like, hey, I'm going to DJ here, here. Period. Like, as soon as he finished doing that, I think the next day he had a gig that he had set up. And I was just like, oh, I know okay. that's right. He said, I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm here for it. He just had to rip the Band-Aid off. Like, he was like, rip the plastic off me. I've been acting brand new for okay. real. I got a gig. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, so it, it makes me very happy to have somebody who's in the same field as me because I'm also able to, like, bounce different things off of mm -hmm. him. He's been throwing parties for years, literally. Yeah. So, like, me... I've been to his parties, <laughs> and I didn't even know him. All, That's how big his parties was. I went to his graduation all. party, and I did not know him. Like, <laughs> like hey, I'm here, though. Somebody graduated. Heard every, the word was, you better be at Snitch <laughs> party, or you were square. Yeah. So, where was I? You was there. I was at that party. <laughs> they, and they, people was like, oh, you know, Nick? I'm like, no. You're like, I just know somebody <laughs> graduated. <laughs> right. I'm like, I know you went to King. <laughs> That's... That's my alma mater. <laughs> it's crazy because like he threw those big parties at such a young age mm -hmm. and I was there too. Like not at that party, but yeah. I was at parties like in high school too. Mm -hmm. My very first high school party was a Nick Stowe's party. Wow. And I was just like, dang, like, and now, you know, going into like throwing my own events, I'm able to be like, like, man, like, like, what you think about this? What you think about that? So like we were having a lot of like conversations about that. Um, and I think that played a big part into why I really was like, okay, I can do this. Because he was like, man, you already got this, this, this. Like, mm -hmm. now it's time to, like, firm up this, yeah. this, this, and you can do this. And, again, it was never like, no, oh, like, I'm, I'm hating or all. Yeah. Can I get on or nothing? Yeah, like, like, can I do another set? Yeah, or, like, in, anytime I choose, you know, DJs that I want to be on the same bill as me, like, for example, for the Second Gems Only Party, it's, like, no favoritism. Like, I really think he's one of my favorite DJs because of, like what he literally brings. The product. Yeah, like it's not just like, oh, like this is my man, my man, my man. Like, no, like, I mean that too. Like, yeah. I mean, it's a bonus. <laughs> yeah. But it's really like, you know what? Like he really know what he doing. He really bring a vibe. Like, 
and we listen to music like outside of DJ and like together. Yeah. And it's like his style of DJ and his style of music that he listens to like really matches up with, you know, what I like and what I like to listen to. So I'm mm-hmm. like, hey, like, do you want to do it? And he was like, like, yeah, I do it, like, Absolutely. whatever. Yeah. Now you got a tough lineup. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> she was stacked, like. It was stacked. It was stacked. <laughs> and I wanted it to be like that because I wanted people to experience, first of all, it was for my birthday, mm-hmm. and it was for Juneteenth. So I really wanted it to be, like, for the culture, but I wanted it to have a little sprinkle of, like, me yeah. in it, too. Absolutely. Like, all right, let me little yeah. sprinkle, sprinkle some of my favorite people in. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna hit up these black-owned vendors. I'm gonna hit up these DJs. I'm gonna... Confirm with Liv that we still on. Like one of my like all of the art in our house is Liv. Like wow. that's that's it. That's you know all. what's crazy. I was behind the vending like my my thing the whole night, so mm-hmm. I never seen the painting until this morning on Instagram. And I'm like, yeah. she painted that. She painted that in the middle of the party. Like yeah. oh my gosh, she was vibing out. <laughs> she was vibing out painting a a painting. Like I'm talking about on a huge a huge canvas. canvas. Like and finished it. First of all, she finished it way before the party even ended. She was just like oh like I'm done now. I'm like I'm like you finished already. Like and it's beautiful too. It's beautiful. I was like asleep. her work. I did not know her work is beautiful. All of the art that we have in our house is live. Um, so I'm like I want my favorite people to be a part of something like for my birthday and for Juneteenth. I want people to patronize these black businesses. I want people to see a black artist, black DJs, mm-hmm. and realize like, dang, like we can really go out and really don't have to go to a club vibe or yeah. go to like a bar vibe. Or a raunchy vibe. Yeah, like, cause even though I feel like it was at North Avenue Market that has a bar, it didn't give like- Bar. Yeah, it didn't give bar. It gave like lounge, yeah. like upscale, high end, upbeat yes. lounge. I have to shout out North Avenue Market again, for real, because, <laughs> y'all, I was in a frenzy, and they were just like, oh, girl, right, we like, got you. Like, let's, let's, let's do it. Like, it's cool. Just the, put your feathers back down. The owner, shout out to Chris. He's the owner. He, I went into the meeting, our initial meeting, and I didn't know what I was going to say. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what was, like, the I was like. starting line. Yeah, but I was like, you know what? I'm just going to speak from the heart, and I'm going to just see what he says. Like, either he's going to say yes, or he's going to say no. Yeah. Like, the worst thing he can say is no, and then I got to go back to the drum board and figure something out. I told him what my why was for gyms only and me being a DJ. Like, I want to cultivate a safe space for people. And I want black people to feel like we are, we here. Yeah. Like, and we not being discriminated against. We here and we don't feel like we don't belong here. Mm -hmm. I want it to be like, hey, we here and we feel good in this space. And he was like, you know what? Like, you started with your why. He said, you told me exactly what your why is and... Like, let's do it. He was like all hands on he deck. Said, Wrap it up, then. Yeah. <laughs> he was all hands on deck. So I have to really like shout out North Avenue Market. Shout out to Chris, the owner, uh, Kayla and Liv, who really set everything up, and everybody who just played a part. So absolutely, I feel that. So my next question: How does it feel to be a household name? What are the pros and cons of that? Because I know it's a big, it's a big <laughs> shift. Because it goes, it, go, it go from like, oh hey, and it's like. Oh, hey, yeah. like, <laughs> I'm having dinner, y'all. A shift for real, let me tell you that, because I music wasn't, like, I've always loved music, but mm-hmm. music wasn't always, like, my first love. Like, I started off playing basketball, yep. and that was, that was y'all my first check love. For, I mean, I was doing a little, that, 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 that. <laughs> like, that was really my first love, though. Like, I wanted to go to school. Like, when I was a kid, I wanted to go to school and play basketball and then be the first first, first woman in the NBA. Like, yeah. that was, like, my thing for real. And it got to a point where I was like, I really don't want to do this. Like, I want to do something else. I when did to- that pivot? Like, what year do you think that happened? Was it after high school? 
It was during high school. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was during high school. I, I played, <laughs> played basketball in high school all four years, but it was during high school where I was just like, like, this really ain't what I want to do for real. Mm -hmm. Like, I need to find something that I'm more passionate about. Um, and I feel like while I was in high school, people were inviting me to, like, their house parties to, like, just plug my phone up on the aux and, like, put my phone on shuffle. And I was oh, like, gosh. okay. So that was, like, my first DJing experience. Yeah. Well, actually, I take that back. My first, like, DJing experience, yeah. if you want to even call it that. In the fourth grade, for people's birthdays, I would, like, make them mix CDs and, like, give them oh, mix CDs. Sweet. It's crazy because, like, like if y'all still got them, I need y'all to give me some of them or show me, like, what was on the track list. Right. But I would make mix CDs for people um, for their birthdays because I was, like, like, this is my love language. Mm -hmm. Like, I love music, not even knowing how much of a pivotal point, like, it will play in my life later down the line. But, like, I'm sitting here making mix CDs for people for their birthdays. And as I got older, like, making playlists and, like, doing different things. And I'm like, dang, like, this is, like, I enjoyed having people say, like, hey, we want you to come because right. we want you to hook the phone up. Man. I'm like, y'all want me to hook the phone me? up. Yes. So, like, going from... First of all, shifting from being known as like playing basketball to being known as a DJ was definitely like a huge shift. Um, even when I moved back to the city, a lot of people didn't really know who I was for real because I was living in Madison. Oh yeah. So it was like I was up there, and nobody in Madison really knew who I was because there was they really no Madison. place. There was no really place for me to DJ up there. Yeah. I was DJing here and there up there, but um, I don't think things really came into fruition until um, summer of. 2021, which, first of all, summer of 2021 was a, uh, it was cracking and it was a very like pivotal summer for me. Like, yeah. I really felt like I was like discovering my, rediscovering myself. I call it my rebirth phase. It was me like just seeing like, who, who am I for real? Yeah. Like, who am I seriously? Like me just taking a, like I was in therapy. I was going through therapy, like real heavy, like just trying to figure out like who I really was for real. What do I really want to do? I'm at this job that I like, I like a little bit because like I got my degree and this is a yeah. job for me. But like, I want to do something more. I was still DJing on the side at the time. Mm -hmm. So it was just like, but it was like, I love DJing. Like, yeah. but how do I take that leap and just do it? As soon as I took that leap and was like, okay, I'm going to be a full-time DJ. That's when I felt like things really started to change and people like, I had somebody come up to me yesterday, like, oh, my God, like, I wrote you on Instagram the other day. Like, we are a huge fan. And, like, when you reply, like, like she screamed. And I was oh, like, wow. I was like, me? Like, <laughs> you were excited about me doing that? You a big wig, bro. It, it was, but it's crazy, though, because, like, I struggle with, like, <laughs> I'm, like. to terms with it? Yeah, I struggle with coming to terms with it because I do feel like I'm a little introverted a little bit. But being a DJ pushes me to be, like, extroverted. Like, mm -hmm. I have to be out in the open. I have to, like... Talk have, to people. Yeah, I have to talk to people. I have to entertain. And all the time, like, I don't always want to do that. But I do realize, like, you know, people do see me as, you know, like, this, like, figure in the city. <laughs> and it's not that I want to be mean because I'm. that's not me at all. It's sometimes, like, my social battery just runs out or, like, yeah. sometimes I'm just, like, oh, like, sometimes I'm overwhelmed with the fact of, like, oh, y'all really think that way about me? Yeah. Like, y'all really think that I'm a household name and, like, y'all are screaming because I DM'd y'all back? Like, for real? <laughs> it's one of them things because it's, like, that's not even what my personality is. I'm yeah. just real cool and down to earth. Like, yeah. anybody can come up to me and I'll, about you. I'll, I'll DM anybody, man, for real. Like, I, I'll sit here and have a conversation if y'all want to know about DJing, whatever. Like, and she was, like, man, we DM'd you the other day and, like, I like, ah! and I was yeah. like, 
You screaming because I DM'd you I back. I literally <laughs> ask people um, when you dropped a flyer, even when we started having conversation about yeah. the event, I'm like, you know DJ Gemini Gilly, right? Yeah. <laughs> right? You know her, right? I'm going to be working with her. Like, because sometimes you can mention somebody's name and it just falls flat. Like, yeah. oh, no, I don't. I'm, I'm, no. Yeah. Girl, the city know you. It, it's crazy, though, because, like, that was never my intention when I went into DJing. It was never to be, like, having people, like, screaming when I'm messaging them back or, 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 like, really, like, knowing me for real. It was really just bringing something different that I had never seen before. And I'm not saying, and it, again, it's no knock to any DJ in the city at all. Mm -hmm. I just knew what my vision was for, like, what I wanted it to look like for what I was doing. Mm -hmm. um, and, like, when people come to the gyms only parties and they leave and they say, like, man, like, these are the vibes that I be wanting to experience yeah. so much. Like, Absolutely. I don't have to go to a bar or a club to experience it. That makes me feel good because it's like, I'm doing what I knew my vision was from the start. Mm -hmm. So, like, being a household name is, it's crazy to me. It's like, yeah. really, like, oh, for real? Because like, I, I, I really am just, newfound. yeah, right? I'm like, what am I supposed to do? And, like, I just get a lot of people that message me, like, a lot of times and be like, man, like, you're such, somebody wrote, somebody brought me a birthday card yesterday. Oh. First of all, I was like, you was what? Thinking about me? Yeah, it's like, it was like, oh, yeah, like, it's your birthday, right? It was your birthday, right? I was like, yeah. Was like, oh, yeah, I got a card from you. Me and my homie, we got a card. I was like, y'all got a card. And oh I read God. it. I read it. And in the inside of the card, it was like, man, like, you are just such an inspiration. Like, you are doing something, like, so, like, pivotal. Man. Like, I'm hoping to be able to collaborate with you. But, like, this isn't even about this. Like, I just want to let you know, like, you're an inspiration. And I'm like, I'm really out here, like, doing that. People are recognizing you. Like, it's... When you walking in your purpose, yeah. people gonna start noticing who yeah. is this person? Who is this person that has this aura mm -hmm. that I wanna be around? By the way, we gonna keep having this cameo or this fly <laughs> running through the camera. I am not in a dirty space. I left the door open. So be just be aware that this fly is a is a visiting. Hey, he, he wanna be in a no, he wanna know <laughs> what's going on that copyright. Trying to be in the in the gig. But anyways. <laughs> I can't even remember what I was saying because the fly just pissed me off. <laughs> I've been trying to ignore it this whole time. Dang, I was, you okay, you was walking in your purpose. Yeah. When you walk mm -hmm. in your purpose, people are going to like recognize that aura. Like, oh, mm. when you walk up to you, you're not mean. No. You don't give like, why are you talking to me? Yeah. A lot of people give, why mm -hmm. are you talking to me? And I feel like sometimes like I may unintentionally like maybe like feel like that, but not because... I don't feel like that because I'm wondering like, hey, why are you talking to me like I'm being, it's still me like coming to grips with like, oh, people really want to talk to me. Like yeah. people really actually like. Have, want, you got something to talk about. Yeah, like people actually want to talk to me about like what I have going on, what I'm doing. Um, and walking in my purpose has been really like my mantra for real. Um, again, when me and my partner started dating, like he was telling me like like a lot of good stuff was happening to me DJ wise and he was like yeah like it's happening because like you walking in your purpose you doing exactly what God like wanted you to do mm -hmm. um, and I was able to quit my job I was able to, I'm able to DJ full time like pay my bills yeah. and live comfortably by y'all be in my, booked by by walking if in my purpose. If y'all watching they stories <laughs> both of them have full schedules you can't schedule no sit down no they busy. <laughs> They giving out the vibes, okay? Like, it's crazy because, like, as soon as I started walking in my purpose, everything that I ever wanted to do and I ever wanted to just kind of, like, the foundation I wanted to set as a DJ, like, just came to fruition. 
And I was like, man, like, this really is. You know, when I was working at my job, it was like, you know, like, oh, I hate going to work. Yeah. But, man, like. Needs I'm, money. Yeah, but it was like, I was, I don't want to say I was struggling to make ends meet because I was always making it meet. But it was just like, I don't really, like, want to go to work to make ends meet for yeah. real. Now I'm able to DJ. I don't have to DJ every single day during the week. I got my, like, like mornings and afternoons kind of to myself. But I'm, I'm, I live in abundance. Like, yeah. And I feel like that's really God like telling me like this is what you're really supposed to do. Like I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you all the tools that you need to really like walk in your purpose. Now it's up to you to you know do connect what you, them dots. Yeah, connect the dots and do what I want you to do and what I've made you and created you to do, which is these that's, that's beautiful. So it is, it is. That's super beautiful. So what are you most excited for this summer? I am most excited to. Um, continue the Gems Only series. Mm -hmm. I do. I do want to keep doing that. Um, I'm most excited to um, do Summerfest. Okay. I love Summerfest. Like Summerfest is fun. Summerfest is really fun, and I like to be a. I'm. I'm inspired a lot. I'm excited to go back to New York. Uh, we have been in New York three times now. Uh, yeah, it's crazy. Like it not the is, little. I'm trying it, to tell you. It's a vibe. Gems <laughs> only, bro. Gems only. We've been in New York three times. Uh, with an estimated date to go back around like August, maybe August, September ish. Um, I'm excited to go back there. I love New York so much, and that's real cliche, right? They got the I love New York T-shirts and stuff. <laughs> like it's real cliche, but I I feel so alive and inspired when I'm going there. That's like we when we go, we don't just go and be like, oh, we're gonna just like, you know Do our work and Yeah, we ain't just gonna do our work and leave. Like when we went last time and every time we've been, we've gone to see other DJs DJ. Oh, we've okay. gone to different venues. Mm -hmm. Like we've gone to Actually trying to immerse yourself in yeah, the culture. Like actually like living as a New York, we going to the bodegas, we getting a chopped cheese at four o'clock in the morning. Oh my goodness. I First of all, the bodegas be open 24-7. Okay. <laughs> like the last time we went, we were outside until like five or six o'clock in the morning consistently. Like wow. every single day. Like they don't sleep. New York never sleeps for real. But I'll leave that for another time. The first time I went to New York, I got food poisoning from Checkers because that was the only thing open in Queens. I, I know very random. Checkers. Very random, but like that was the only thing open. And I punched it. I punched the fly. But that was the only thing open. And I told them to give me a chicken sandwich. And so I was there for Fashion Week because me and this other girl oh, were modeling. Okay. And us, the two models, <laughs> mind you, we had an entourage there. Yeah. We the ones who got food poisoning. Oh my God. <laughs> Wait, I but had to walk with food poisoning. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie though. Like checkers, checkers in New York. <laughs> that it. That would never. I would want. I would want like a pizza or yeah, something, okay. like, something like that. But it was literally. <laughs> it was nothing open. It was nothing open. That is crazy. We landed at like 11:30 at night. Okay. And the hotel that we were at was like. It was the hotel itself was nice, but it mm -hmm. was in a random. It was like we it were was surrounded like, yep, by yep, projects. Yep, yep. Like what? We yep. what? Like. <laughs> That was the only thing that was in walking distance was okay. checkers. So I wouldn't, don't go to New York and get checkers. Don't go to checkers in New York, y'all. Go. <laughs> I, I, we always go to the bodegas and we get a chopped cheese or a bacon, egg, and cheese. Like, we just. I gotta go again. That was my first and last time I went. I just really? had a really bad experience. Please go back. Like, the food there is fire. Like, we went, we go to the bodegas and we get that. We got pizza one time. It was Ooh, fire. That sounds good. We went to a hookah lounge called Living Room. That was their. Their food was fire. They had like wow. lobster and it was amazing. So that just made me hungry. <laughs> New York is very inspiring to me. I'm looking forward to going back uh, this summer. 
and just continuing to be inspired and continuing to figure out like, okay, like, and gyms, the purpose of Gems Only is also to bring a big city feel to Milwaukee. I feel like Milwaukee is a bigger city, but it's not like a Chicago or a it's New It's on the rise. Yeah, it's on the Slowly. rise for sure. But I want to bring that big city feel to the city. And I haven't, the only way I'm able to really do that and be inspired by that is to go to big city. So I've been to places in Chicago and seen what they did, been to places in New York and seen what they did. And was like, oh, okay, how can I bring this to Milwaukee? Absolutely. And that's why I'm most excited to go back because I still want to figure out like what what's missing. You got so much more to learn there. Yeah, it's, I do. There's still so many gems to be found. <laughs> So many, so many. So yeah, I'm I'm really excited um, for summer to really like kick off for real. Absolutely. So my last question, which you pretty much answered, um, and I I always end with this question before hot takes is mm -hmm. how do you plan to impact the culture? But it sounds like you in the process of doing that all anyway. And it's crazy because like I never went into this like oh I'm gonna change the world. I'm gonna yeah. change Milwaukee. Like it was always like. How can I change Milwaukee? Mm -hmm. What is Milwaukee missing? What are different groups that don't feel like they are like being represented when they go out? Mm -hmm. Like whether it's in nightlife or just events in general. Mm -hmm. Like, cause like, even though I work at nightlife as far as like bars and clubs and stuff like that, I also understand like everybody don't really vibe. That's not everybody vibe. Yeah. So like, how can I bring all of these people together? People who prefer like being at home. Day drinking. Yeah, day like drinking. That. Like how do I really, how do I really bring everybody together? And the one constant thing that has always been constant is music. Like it's really been music and just being like an ally for like everybody. Yeah. Like I'm an ally for all things black. Yeah. Like I don't discriminate. I'm not gonna be like, oh, like we've been exclude this group. Like I just yeah. wanted to be this. Like, no. And I notice a lot of people or a lot of venues um, only cater to a specific kind yeah. of black person. Only, only, only caters to that. And it's like, I didn't want it to be that. I want to cater. I want everybody to walk in and be like, oh, like, we good. Like, yeah. we feel comfortable. You can let your hair down. Yeah, like, I brought my crew with me. Like, mm -hmm. we, we here to have a good time. And it also makes me feel really good to have different groups. Like, I, like yesterday, I was seeing a whole bunch of different types of groups, like, kind of linking up and dancing and, mm -hmm. like, really getting to know each other, exchanging Instagrams and stuff. And I was like, dang, like, like y'all can do that here. Mm -hmm. Like, y'all good doing that here. Yeah. So that made me feel good. Well, good. Well, now, y'all, y'all know this is my favorite part of the uh -oh. show. These, th these are the breaks <laughs> or the hot takes. All right, let's get into it. So the first one, you know, I always got to throw a little pop culture in there. What are okay. your thoughts about the Sikiana situation? Uh, <laughs> I have a strong social work background, okay? okay. Like, I'm a master's in social work, so I've been learning about so many different things like boundaries and mm -hmm. like sexual assault and stuff like that. And like, why can't Osiris is wrong? Yeah. Like, I feel like just because somebody, you know, raps or portrays himself in a certain way, like consent is consent. Absolutely. Um, I am 100% a stickler behind, like if it is, um, if it's not a firm yes, like that's a no. no. Yep. I'm a if stickler for that. Yeah. If you like, uh, I don't know, like, it's a no. Like, yeah. you know, like if it's, I felt like she was just very uncomfortable. And I've been seeing a lot of people saying like, oh, well, like she rap about this. Like, it well, don't she, matter. She, it don't matter. <laughs> like people say, oh, she rap about this. She being real raunchy. Like she real sexual and blah, blah, blah. Like, okay. Like, with her cool. man. Yeah. But like, and also like, even if she do rap about that, like. That so, don't mean just that walk means, up to her and kiss her. Right. That means somebody's supposed to just walk up to her and just like 
kiss her and she's visibly uncomfortable and you continue to do that. And I also felt a type of way about like the people around her who like the men who were on the panel, like just sitting there like laughing and looking like it, that could never be the man in my life, Absolutely. okay? Like, it, like, bro, what is you doing? My my people are paying the city rent for me, okay? <laughs> like, whether, no matter what happens. If I'm yeah. uncomfortable and, like, something like that has happened, oh, it's a, for, right. for real. So, like, I felt for her, and I feel for the commentary that is going on because a lot of people are just like, oh, well, like, she's sexual. Like, I mean, like, she shouldn't be talking about that then. She could talk about what she wants. It's a exactly. lot of men. It's her music. It's a lot of men in the music industry who talk about the same things. It's just not Rick in... Ross literally said he <laughs> drugged somebody and, and had sex with him. Listen. And lost his Reebok deal. Like, and people, and, that, and people just let that go. Yeah, and it's I just feel like a lot of women are not, like, really protected in the music industry for real. And I've seen that on, like, so many different spectrums. Not even just DJs, but, like, just artists in general. Kiki Palmer and Trey Songz. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. We got a lot of examples. People just... People don't like seeing their faves in a light that doesn't... It's mm -hmm. not perfect for them. Like, yeah. if it doesn't fit their reality of that person, it then it's just like, mm -hmm. oh, no. That, it, we got to separate the artist yeah. from the art. No, and that's not how this works. I was literally just having a conversation with somebody about this, about, like... Even local artists, like, oh, like, how are we supposed to, like, when the, the question was, it was very, like, it wasn't sarcasm, but it was really just, like, like, like irony. Yeah. They were like, oh, like, a lot of local artists be doing, like, a lot of stuff, too, like, who yeah. have already been outed, yeah. obviously, but, like, you know. How do you we, feel about how that? How do you feel about that? Are you supposed to, like, separate the artist from the art? And I'm a stickler for, like, like, no, I can't do that. Like, if you making songs about like kids or stuff like yeah. that or like sexually abusing or sexually assaulting somebody or yeah. like the Rick Ross line like dropping something like that's not really okay to me you know what I'm and saying you and I got no integrity yeah and I don't mind people like I don't care about people like talking sexually about what they do with mm -hmm. other people like consensually right. like what's Luciana be doing like I mean like, is it my cup of tea? Like, I mean, whatever, you know. It's I, raunchy, but, like, yeah. she has her own audience. She has her own audience. She has her own land. She's not talking about, you know, doing anything to anybody. And I, I it's kind of been a little, like, heartbreaking to see a lot of people saying, like, oh, well, she's talking about this. Like, well, like, why, what was the problem? And I'm Man. just like, dang. For, and these are people who got, like, daughters, people who have, like, yeah. sisters. And I'm just like, dang, like. I really don't feel safe around y'all for real. Yeah, because like, you victim blaming. Yeah, now you victim blaming, and like I'm a woman. Like, and what if that was me who, you know, is talking sexually about what I'm doing with my man, and somebody come up to me and randomly kiss me? Y'all gonna sit there and be like, oh, oh you, you shouldn't be. It. Yeah, like you shouldn't be sitting here talking about sexually about your man then. Like, what? So you telling me like that should have, like? Yeah. And so I feel like when people put people that they love in those positions and they'll be like oh like no like if it was you then blah 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 but it's like no like but it's hurt yeah exactly so like now what like even though you don't know this person this is somebody who was like like very blatantly and obviously and put in a forefront to be sexually assaulted like this yeah and she forgave him and everything like that you know that's her business but I still don't I didn't think that it was but right. it was even more stuff that happened before that like that for that's the funny part about it like that incident was so amplified yeah she did an interview on candy's oh, yeah. podcast yep. and i thought that was a lot worse yeah than him trying to kiss her like yeah like that was bad yeah very bad you shouldn't be doing that mm -hmm. boundaries are set you should respect boundaries but at the same time i'm sorry <laughs> y'all this is this is ridiculous like i'm okay re reboot <laughs> 
on the podcast, the guy was basically like, yeah, I'm finna, I'm finna basically fuck you right now, right here. And Candy was like, um, like you, you can literally mm-hmm. see Sukiyana's like body like language her changing. Yeah, like why would you say that to anybody? Mm-hmm. Like he, like you, fin- he, he was saying a bunch of raunchy stuff. I'm not even gonna repeat it because I'm, I'm trying not to. And then he showed her a picture of. I, I believe <laughs> so. Like it's a bu- like that's weird. He yeah. was so like on it, like. Mm-hmm. Uh, YK, whatever the fuck, he he did what he did through like action. Yeah, it was action oriented, and like you can see, he was giggling. He thought it was a joke. Mm-hmm. Blah blah. The dude that was in the interview with her yeah. was not joking. No, he was dead serious. Like I'm finna fuck you mm-hmm. right now. And I think the other part about the Sukiana situation that like like breaks my heart is like there's women who are being like sexually assaulted for way less, less. for not even. Like, even talking like that. And I'm not saying because she talks like this, like, does she deserve to have that happen? Mm Because absolutely not. But it's people who, like, way less is happening and they're being sexually assaulted now. What? Are y'all saying that these people, like, deserve, you know, what they have? Like, it's just very disheartening. When when people start looking for excuses to excuse men's chaotic Mm -hmm. behavior around women, then you got to assess who you're talking to. Yep. And you got to assess why the hell you talking to them. Yep. And that person should not be in your social circle. Yeah, because at all. If it's you, then what? Yep. People can talk all day about what they go, oh, yeah, I'll I do anything. All right, so it happened. Now what? Yeah. Oh, no, that's my friend. He would never do he that. Would, and I hate when people say that because how are you going to tell, how are you going to vouch for somebody that you've never seen in that situation? You've never seen your friend in a sexual way. Like, it, like well, I'm assuming that's, people I have never seen. I, I'm assuming that people haven't seen like their friend and this is i'm talking about like heterosexual like mm-hmm. friendships mm-hmm. um or i'm talk, sorry i'm talking about friendships of the same sex who are identified as heterosexual mm-hmm. like you know dudes oh man he would never do that like he get too much this he get yeah. too much that he always got a girl he got all the bitches yeah like he There's got all no the whole like that he would steal some pussy yeah like everybody like or take some pussy you hear a lot of people saying that and it's like how can you say that and just vouch for your friend like that when you've never seen him in that situation before. You don't know what he be doing behind closed doors. Like, it's something that he may tell you, but it's not something that... You would never know. Yeah, like, you would probably never know about it. Like, yeah. how so... I, I personally, I don't vouch for nobody. Like, yeah. I'm not sitting here and being like, oh, like, he would never do that, blah, yeah. blah, blah. I'm sitting here like, like oh, oh, wow. Like, yeah, like, oh, wow, and I want to hear that person's side of the story. Like, yeah. and even... It's the thing. Even if I don't hear that person's side of the story, like... I believe people who come out and do that because that's a very hard thing to do. Absolutely. Like, very hard. So ha- if it's not all the way true, there's some truth to it. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm no still going to be very weary about, about yeah. you because, like, why would somebody just make that up and do that? You know what I'm saying? So. And yeah. usually if they are and there's no truth to it, it will get debunked. Yeah. Instantaneously. It will get debunked. It, like, I'm, I'm going, if somebody is, like, painting me in a, in a bad light, I'm going, I'm right going like, in to try to sit here and be like, oh, hell no, like, These I didn't do receipts. that. These are the receipts. This is this, this is that. Like, if you're not even trying to do that, like, I'm just you're like. Just gonna you're just going to let the smear paint, yeah. paint go? You think that's clout? Crazy. No. So I'm, we, we've seen it happen so many times. So many times. So, like, the Sukiana situation is very, is disheartening because I've been seeing a lot of commentary behind it that has been, like, Dang, like y'all really women. saying that? Yeah, like, like you really hate women for real. Like, yeah. and your mama is a black woman, and you sitting here saying this. Like, you got a daughter who's a black woman, and like, what if she were to, you know, behave like, oh, my daughter would never. You don't know what your kid gonna do for real. Like, there's a lot of things. Like, my parents never thought I was gonna be a full time DJ. I'm going to school, blah blah blah, whatever. Right. 
And they never thought I would be like, oh, like, I'm finna DJ now. Like, what? That's not something that they had on their bingo card for my life, for real. So it's like, you don't know what your kid is gonna do. Like, you couldn't instill all these, you know, whatever into them. But like, people gonna be who they are. Absolutely. So, yeah. Oh, it didn't, it didn't come. It was a sneeze coming, but it just went away. <laughs> all right, so hot take number two. Y'all ready? What album changed your life? Oh, that's a good one. Um, I always go to this because it really is the album that changed my life. Uh, Pharrell's In My Mind album, mm. the debut album. That changed my life because I was young. I was in the fourth grade. My dad always, always, always bought the new CDs. Mm -hmm. Like, he was one of them dads where, like, I have, I have older parents, but mm -hmm. he was one of them dads where he was like, Oh, like I'm still gonna get like the hottest CDs. I'm yeah. I'ma just go in Best Buy or whatever and I'm just gonna buy whatever just came out every <laughs> That's Friday. Super cool. Like, it's crazy though. Like he he was one of them dads who had like the big ass truck and you got like six CD like <laughs> disc changer. Yeah. So he literally going into Best Buy or wherever every Friday, like, oh like pick a CD or whatever. We get in like five or six CDs and he like, all right, like we just gonna circle through them type of thing. Yeah. And Pharrell's in my mind, I was in love with the song Number One by Pharrell and Kanye. And his, he, he bought the CD for the song. Like wow. just, he would hear one, one single and be like, all right, like you want this? I'm like, yeah, like I want to get this CD because this has this song on it. Yeah. This is before, this was actually when like LimeWire and like pirated music oh, was like, man. like still kind of like. I put so many viruses <laughs> on my auntie computer. I'm sorry, rest in peace auntie. <laughs> Into that computer. <laughs> My mom was pissed when I was like online wire, but like I'm yeah. like I need the music, forget it. I remember specifically downloading Soldier Boy, <laughs> and I remember specifically downloading um damn what was that song? Ah, oh, it was it was just there, but then I said Soldier Boy, but it was mostly so oh it was Lil Wayne, like six foot seven foot. Oh. <laughs> like why? Oh, you putting the, you putting the virus on for that? <laughs> you lollipop, all of that yep. was on there crazy that's crazy but like Pharrell's in my mind album changed like what I thought about music because it was so different than what was out mm -hmm. like it was a lot during that time we were it was a lot of Lil Wayne heavy Lil Wayne like mixtape Wayne was out which yeah. I was a, still a huge fan of but like Pharrell was just so different yeah like I was like okay like I really like this song my dad would put the album on. I know the album literally front to back like mm -hmm. to this day I will always like like change it to like a certain song um, and it was different. You hear a lot of different elements of like Pharrell's production mm -hmm. and Neptune's production, but you also hear a lot of like his artistry, like just kind of like coming to the forefront too. Mm -hmm. So it was just like, dang, like this is like different, but this is like different and I like it. Yeah. And I can remember my, my older, my oldest brother, mm -hmm. um, who also kind of put me on like listening. He like instilled into my brain when I was a kid. I can remember being four or five years old. Iris by the Goo Goo Dolls was out. The Goo Goo Dolls like a rock band, okay? Like I'm talking about this is like a hardcore like rock song. Like, yeah. And like it was it was a slower rock song, but like it was a rock song. Yeah. And I can remember like looking at him like, why are we listening to this? Like, what's what what is this? And he always told me like, don't box yourself in. Absolutely. Like, I tried to tell my cousin that. Like, don't box yourself in. Don't feel she like only listen to ghetto. Hood music, <laughs> like peasy. Yeah. That's all she listened to. She wasn't even raised in the hood. Why do you want to hear this? Put on some damn Beyonce. <laughs> what the hell? He will always tell me like, do not box yourself. And this is somebody who was like watching, 
like 106 apart BET, like very heavy back in the day. Yeah. When like BET's content was just like really top tier and top, top notch. He was like, hey, don't box yourself in. Listen to a little bit of this. Listen to a little bit of that. I take that with me to this day. Like Absolutely. I listen to a little bit of everything. And I feel like my DJ style like is a reflection of that. But Pharrell's In My Mind album was just so pivotal to me because it was different, but it was still hip hop. Mm -hmm. But it was still like it oh, didn't this sound like yeah. It's not it's not quite hip hop. It's yeah. like like pop. It got rock elements. It got a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little some house. Like mm -hmm. it was a little bit of everything, and I loved it. And it made me realize like hip hop is not just one dimensional. Mm -hmm. Hip hop is not a monolith. There's so many different types of hip hop. So like after listening to Pharrell, like Pharrell's in my mind album, I'm starting to at this time I'm young. I'm nine, ten years old. Yeah. I was a computer kid like yeah. through and through. I'm like looking at Lupe Fiasco. I'm mm -hmm. looking at like Lupe. Charles Hamilton, mm -hmm. like who's a blog era artist. I'm look. I was very deep into the blog era, like looking at like listening to people when they before they even blew up, like mm -hmm. Childish Gambino, The Weeknd, um, Doja Cat. Like yeah. I can remember really like tapping into like the blog era and tapping into like different artists who other people were just like, why are you listening yeah, to Yeah, I'm listening to Common at like 10, and people like, why? <laughs> Common, was, Common was talking. They were like, where, where is the little lane at? Like, right. Why are you playing Like, this? why are you playing Andre 3000 right now? We trying to get lit. Huge Andre 3000 playing. <laughs> my, one of the first albums I ever bought with my own money was Speaker Box and Love Below, Outcast. Really? Yes, like my mom, this was around the time they had those CD clubs where you play a penny and you get 10 CDs. That was one of the first albums that I bought with my own money. And I remember, because Roses was on there, mm -hmm. um, and Hey Ya, and yeah. I'm like, okay. But like, I fell in love with the album cuts. Like, that that's who I am. I like to listen to a whole album and find the album cuts. And I like to play those, and I like to listen to those. So, yeah, Pharrell's In My Mind album was very pivotal for me, but it helped me realize, like, hip hop is not a monolith. It's not just Lil Wayne, Jay-Z, and like the mainstream people. It's a lot of heavy hitters who really haven't had the platform to really like be out there like that. So, Absolutely. Hey, yeah. you heard it here first, <laughs> folks. <laughs> and so now we're going to go into hot take number three. If there was one thing in your life that you can go back and change, what would it be? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Do I want to say that on camera? <laughs> I would say... Uh, <laughs> That's why I gave you for a warning. Like, <laughs> I gave you for a warning. Whatever you want to talk about, you can talk about. Whatever you don't want to talk about, you ain't got to talk about. Well, my real answer is going to be redacted. So I'm not even going to say it. Uh, no, but seriously, I will probably change. Um, I don't want to say going to grad school because I like that is where I taught myself like how to DJ and all of that. But I would just say like living in Madison, maybe. Okay. Um, so like I could still go to grad school, but I would probably commute or like yeah. do something way different, online classes, something. Cause like being in Madison, I feel like kind of like stunting my growth a little bit. I was very depressed while I was in grad school. And it was not just because of my like racist school experience, but it was also because like, I just felt like I didn't have no outlet. Um, I was, 21 I was 20 fresh 21 and yes I was fresh 21 in grad school and I wasn't damn doing, wait when did you graduate college what how old were you I started when I was 18 I got my hold on I gotta do some math <laughs> 
I that's early for grad I got school. My, I got my bachelor's when I was 21. I was about to turn 22. Oh, okay. Yeah, gotcha. my birthday's in June. Oh, you went straight for it. I went straight. Okay. Yeah, so I got my master's at 22. I got my bachelor's at 21. Okay. I only had to do one year of grad school. So, and what's crazy, it was like the hardest year of my life, not even academically. Like, I was excelling academically. I, I graduated magna cum laude and everything. Like, what happened was, <laughs> what happened was just like my personal experience was horrible. It was not good at all. Um, I just went through just so much, just personally, like, familially, um, educationally, it was, it was bad. And if I could redo that, I probably wouldn't immerse myself in that environment mm -hmm. because it was very toxic. And I felt like my mental health, like took a huge, huge hit. And I don't feel like I fully even recovered from that. I was in grad school. I graduated from grad school in 2019. I don't think I fully recovered it from that time. until maybe like the beginning of 2022 when I was just like, you know what? It happened. Let and it. it's over. And yeah. I, I was in therapy very heavily, like just related to like a lot of stuff that I had going on, like the racism I dealt with in school. And after that, I stayed in Madison to work, which was also just a very racist situation. Uh, it was, listen, it very, was hell for Madison real. Madison sounds racist. <laughs> <laughs> like Madison, like I met, I met some, some black people up there who were really nice. I had a mentor up there. Her name was JL. She was very sweet. Um, I had, I went to church up there. Like I knew people in church who were really nice. They mm -hmm. were black. I went to a black church up there. Right. Um, so that was nice. But my goodness, like the people up there, I was like, like damn, y'all like, they was just like jumping me down there. Like yeah. mentally, I'm like, y'all serious? Like my job was just like too much. Um, and then the type of work I was doing, I had to work from home where like I still had to work and I had to take all the, like the stuff I would normally just leave at work, like as far like mentally, just like okay, I'll I'll come back to this just, tomorrow. It, I'm at home, home and oh like I'm working God. from home, and I'm like I can't even escape this job. Like I'm literally like 24 hours, like 24. That it, it was getting to a point where I couldn't sleep. I was um, counting down the time until it was time for me to go to work when I first like got off. So Damn. like it's six o'clock. Like sometimes some days I would have to work a little later. Um, it's six o'clock. I'm like, okay, I got how many times until I got to get up in the morning? Like, because oh, I'm like, I need, I'm trying to maximize my time. It would like consume me to the point where I couldn't sleep or nothing. And it was just like really bad. So, hey, I would, so summarizing that, I would not, uh, be in Madison. <laughs> that, that, that was the something I would The only times I've ever been to Madison were for parties. And I thank <laughs> God for that. Because even at the parties, like getting to the party, yeah. you would see it. Yeah. You would. It was bad. Go go up there. Um, yes, it was bad. What, what's that thing that y'all have? Mifflin. Mifflin Street. Mifflin. I've never yeah. been to Mifflin. I've never been to Mifflin either. Really? Yes, I have not. I went to grad school for one year, and I felt like I was just too old to go to Mifflin. And then I went to UW-Whitewater for undergrad, and we had Spring Splash. And I really wasn't the type to really go out for real. That's fair. I was just like, I'm just here to get my degree and leave for real. Cause like, <laughs> wrap it up then. That, it was, I really felt like that. Like, let, let's wrap this up for real. Because like, I don't even want to do this. But like, I went to Spring Splash one year. It was decent. But like, that just wasn't what my scene was at that time. Got so, you. Yeah. All right. We got an extra take, which would be the last take. Y'all ready? Yeah. Mm. Let's hear it. This is the DJ question. Oh, okay. What song always transforms the vibe of a party? Oh, okay. There's a couple, and there's a couple that I played yesterday because I wanted to cater to like 
everybody that was there. Mm -hmm. um, so I really like playing um, uh, Make It Last Forever by Key Sweat. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's how I really just hop into like my like old school bag and I'm able to play like a lot of old school songs. Mm -hmm. And I like, I, I seen a lot of people step in. I play like- I was back there stepping on myself <laughs> like, yeah, I was feeling it. I played Between the Sheets by the Isley Brothers and people were stepping and I was like, oh, okay, like, like this I a vibe. Yes, it was a complete so, vibe. So it was so like anything like '90s R&B or like familiar older R&B. I like playing that. Um, Barking by Steve Stoner. Yeah, <laughs> that's how I always like like go to like a different type of bag. Like that's how yes. I kind of go to my Milwaukee bag a little bit. People hit the dance. Like it's fun. It's a fun song. Yeah, like, it's very upbeat. Just and very everybody just waiting the whole yeah, time for him to get to that part. First of all, <laughs> as soon as the song come on, people doing this. I'm like, <laughs> you gotta wait. I'm like, dang. Like honestly, the dance is not until the end of the song. Right. So y'all really need to wait. But people just doing it the whole song, and I'm just laughing. Like y'all really just don't even know for you real. See, you seeing the black joy? It, it, like action. it really is for real, and it feels good because like he from the city. Yeah. So it's like you really support and he him. Be around. He really be around for real. So like that song. Um, can we talk? Obviously, yeah. swag surfing. Obviously, those are like Negro spirituals for real. <laughs> so, like those. Um, yeah, it, it also just depends on what type of vibe I'm like trying, trying to, to channel. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like if I see like a lot of people who I feel like will like house music or something, I would play like "Be a Girl" uh, by Tedra Moses, the Kaytron out remix. Mm -hmm. uh, I feel like people appreciate that. So yeah, it's a lot of different things that I play like to to channel like different crowds and different audiences that are in one space. Yeah, because I mean, like you said, it's a lot of different mm -hmm. different kinds of black people in one space. And yep. You got to just read the room, and that's a skill in itself to be. Oh some people can't even do that. Man, it, it's crazy because it's really it's really an art and it's really a talent because like how are you going to bring all of these people together? Like, well, let me say this: you brought these people together. Now what? Like, how are you going to keep be, them together? Yeah, how are you going to keep them together? How are you going to give everybody a little bit of what they need and what they want to hear? Mm -hmm. Like, how are you going to do that? So that is the hardest part about DJ to me is it's not necessarily reading the crowd, but just making sure that everybody is taken care of. and Everybody is like happy with, you know, what's going on. Because I don't want to give too much of something to somebody. It's like, and oh, then, it's all the same. Yeah, and then everybody is like, or the other group of people who want to hear something else, they're like, okay, like, what about us? Yeah. I don't want nobody to leave like, dang, we didn't hear you know, anything that we wanted to hear. I want people to really, like, enjoy themselves. Oh, I forgot one song that everybody really loves. Girls Them Sugar by uh, Beanie Man and Maya. Oh, my goodness. That is a song that I feel brings, like, everybody. Or, like, No Let It Go by Wayne Wonder. Like, Absolutely. People love, like, that vibe. So, like, that's that makes me feel good to be able to see everybody dancing to something. And, like, those songs are just so pivotal. Those songs came out so long ago. Yeah, it's like, it... it catapults you into a specific time yes, in your life. Yes, for real, it really does. So it's crazy. Like, those songs came out, damn near 20 years ago, 20 plus years ago, actually. Mm, and it's like... Don't age us. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> those songs came out a long time ago. <laughs> and it's like, they still have that same cultural impact. And that's mm -hmm. how you know, like, you made a timeless classic, yeah. for real. So that's why every time I put out, like, what Jones Only is going to bring, I don't just say, like, oh, we're going to play hip-hop and R&B and this and yeah. that. I always start off by saying we're going to play timeless classics because, like, that could be anything. That could yeah. be, like, a dance hall song. That yeah. could be something that you haven't heard in a long time, but you haven't heard out, but now I'm about to play it. Yeah. Like, so I don't just, like, I don't like boxing anybody in. I don't like boxing myself in either. So I don't like saying, oh, it's going to be hip-hop and R&B. Yeah. Because, like, what about people who like house music? What about people I who like? I love house music. I really love house music, for real. Like, 
Like, seriously, a lot of the music that I DJ when I'm, like, at the bars and clubs, I don't even really listen to for real, like, outside of that, well, outside of hearing it and seeing, like, how I'm going to put it in the set. Mm -hmm. But I don't listen to it, like, in my car driving. Like, I listen to a lot of different stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's crazy. But it's a lot of different stuff that I like to play at gyms only. So. Exactly. Yeah. Well, y'all heard it here first. Everything that you need to know about the big gym. <laughs> hey, big one, not the little one. Came to the intersection, spoke her, spoke. Look, Thank spoke you. her, spoke. <laughs> spoke her gyms. <laughs> but yeah, this this has been the intersection with Ortiz and DJ Gemini Gilly. Period. <laughs> Finn. <laughs>